Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Briefing, a regular guide to what's happening in the world of sustainable business. I'm Ian Welsh. Coming up is some detail about Innovation Forum's Sustainable Apparel and Textiles Conference in Amsterdam in April. First though, here's my colleague B. Stevenson to talk through some of what's coming up this week. So this week on the 14th of February, it is the Indonesian presidential and national elections. Indonesia is actually the world's third largest democracy by population, and there are going to be 205 million people eligible to vote this week. It's obviously a massive set of elections. The votes will be cast for the next president, with the incumbent president being barred constitutionally from seeking a third term. And the executive and legislative representatives are going to be elected at all levels. So there are three men in the running for president. Commentators have noticed that in terms of their proposed programmes, whilst they have different backgrounds, all three candidates present relatively similar policy platforms. And the two key policy areas emerge as crucial to each candidate. The promotion of industrialisation through a downstreaming strategy and the commitment to an energy transition facilitated by a just energy transition partnership. So it'll be really interesting to see how these things are balanced by whoever is voted in. We also think of Indonesia as really important because of its role in supplying so many of the tropical commodities that we spend so much of our time talking about. Clearly a key election for many businesses worldwide. Is the role of climate and the environment a big issue in the election? It sort of is. Obviously, Indonesia is a massive hub of biodiversity. It's one of the world's 17 mega diverse countries. It's home to the third largest tropical forest. It's also the biggest palm oil producer, which is a commodity blamed by many environmentalists for high deforestation rates. In the past, yeah, I mean, I think you pointed out the palm oil sector has done great strides to have solved a lot of its deforestation issues, but certainly in the past, very much linked with deforestation. And a recent survey showed that 81% of Indonesians believe the government should declare a climate emergency, while 60% think that the government has largely failed to act on the climate crisis so far. Acting on the environment to deliver on Indonesia's current pledges to cut emissions by more than 30% by 2030 and achieve net zero emissions by 2060. In itself, that's not a polarising issue. And all three candidates have mentioned climate goals, but it's more about how these are delivered on taking into account issues such as guidelines on ethical mining and policies around deforestation as well. Indonesia is a very young nation, isn't it? I saw one stat saying that a third of all voters will be under 30 in this election. How important then is the young demographic for raising the environment and social issues and their links with business? It's obviously really important because young people are those who are going to be most seriously impacted by climate change, both now and in terms of their future. So youth-led climate activism is actually thriving in Indonesia, and there is a solid public awareness in the effects of the climate crisis and the need for politicians to act swiftly. So it may well come down to the issue of who this demographic, this one third of eligible voters, young people, see as the most credible on climate delivery, which they'll also have to balance with issues like energy, waste, agriculture and infrastructure. It will be very interesting to see how this election turns out. What else we got this week? This week there is another COP, which is COP14, the Convention on the Conservation of Migratory Species of Wild Animals, and that's being held in Uzbekistan. So the CMS, or the Convention on Conservation of Migratory Species, is known as the Bonn Convention. It entered into force in 1983, and it essentially recognises that states must be the protectors of migratory species that live within or pass through their national jurisdictions, wouldn't necessarily be native only to their national jurisdiction. So it aims to conserve terrestrial, marine and avian migratory species throughout their ranges. The COP will meet once every three years and set the budget and priorities for the following years. All of this has a big impact on global food systems. 
It does. Climate change has obviously driven temperature increases. It's made changes in habitat and water availability, variation in oceanic currents and extreme weather events such as wildfires. So these things all significantly impact migratory species globally. And we're already seeing the direct effects, including changes to the routes they use, the timing of migration and breeding, and reduced reproductive success and survival, which is obviously having a massive impact in the food system in terms of the place of these species in our food chains. And it's having a wider knock-on effect on humans as well, as they do provide many benefits, including source of nutrition, but also economic development, services such as pollination, seed dispersal, and pest control, all of which are completely crucial to the way that our food systems run. Very important discussion of this lesser recognised COP. Absolutely, yes, there's many cops these days, aren't there? But all of them very important. Interesting to see the outcomes from this one. B, thanks very much. Thanks, Ian. Innovation Forum will be in Amsterdam on the 23rd and 24th of April for this year's Sustainable Apparel and Textiles Europe conference. Last year's was a sellout, and to find out a bit more about what to expect in the 2024 event, I caught up with Innovation Forum's Head of Conferences, Hannah Halmari. Let's talk about some of the sessions we've got. We've got some really great panels lined up, haven't we? A couple I thought I'd highlight here. Legislation is, of course, a big, big topic for this year's event. One of the opening sessions from day one is a policy brief. We're looking at will the EU end fast fashion? So we'll be hearing on insights into the latest policy changes and what they mean for the industry in the EU and beyond. So what are you hoping to get from the session? With around, I think it's 16 pieces of legislation relevant to textiles currently on the table. There is a lot to discuss, so we're really hoping to get this quick-fire snapshot overview of the complex policy landscape and begin the discussion of how these policy changes are actually going to impact the EU. Absolutely. Loads of legislation coming through. Who have we got on the panel? Here we'll be hearing from Mauro Scalia. He is the Director of Sustainable Businesses at Eurotex. And then we have Antonio de Sousa Maia. He is a Legal Policy Officer for Textiles in DG Grow at the European Commission. What will they each bring to the conversation? Both of them have a very in-depth understanding of the policy landscape. And Mauro from Eurotex coming with that more holistic overview. And then Antonio coming from, well, working specifically in the commission on these proposals. We'll hear great tangible insights from both. Any other panels you want to highlight? Another one is on the morning of day two. Day two really looks at circularity and consumer engagement. This session is called From Pilot Programs to Systems Change. How to integrate and scale a circular approach throughout your business. What are you hoping to get from this session? I mean, we've been talking about circularity for years and we do see a lot of companies embracing circular business models, you know, looking to reduce waste and use resources more. But we really need to be moving on from these pilot programs. So in this conversation, we want to hear the lessons learned from brands on scaling circular offerings and really how circularity can be embedded throughout the business. Who have we got on the panel? On this session, we have David Quast. He is the Senior Director of Sustainability for EMEA at BF Corporation. We have Anna Terrell. She is the Chief Sustainability Officer at Decathlon. And Debbie Shakespeare, Senior Director, Sustainability and Compliance at Avery Denison. Very interesting panel with a great breadth of knowledge. What will each of the panelists bring to the conversation? From David and Anna, we'll hear direct learnings from VF Corp and Decathlon on their circular offerings, you know, the learnings here, the initiatives, how they're looking to scale those. And then, of course, Avery Dennison, Debbie Shakespeare, will be talking about some of the solutions that they offer to 
allow for circularity in their labelling and identifying goods across value chains and throughout their lives. Some really interesting conversations there for sure. Absolutely. Hannah, looking forward to the event. Now, of course, is a great time to secure attendance as there'll be a 300 euro discount on passes, which expires on the 16th of February this week. Full details of how to get involved or to book your conference pass are on the Innovation Forum website. The briefing will be back next week and do look out as ever for the weekly podcast on Thursday. But that's it for now. I've been Ian Welsh and goodbye.